When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Friday and look, it's not a very nice Friday, is it, after what happened at the Emirates last night. I was really, really hoping today, I've been away for like a week or so, I was just hoping I was going to come back, we're going to have a really nice win to sort of welcome me back to the fold and then I was going to be able to do a nice upbeat, positive reaction pod today talking about another win, a win that moved Arsenal back to the top of the table. But of course, the way that football works, it did not pan out like that at all, did it? A really disappointing night for Arsenal, losing 2-0 to West Ham, their first home defeat in all competitions this season and missing out on the chance to move back above Liverpool to the top of the Premier League. Defeat that certainly leaves Mikel Arteta with plenty to ponder ahead of this coming weekend's game against Fulham on New Year's Eve. Um, it was just a really, really odd night, a really weird game where, I mean, it was all billed, wasn't it, as the night that Declan Rice was going to play against West Ham in the league for the first time. And then it ended up being another former player, but not one for Arsenal, one for West Ham, who came in and made the biggest impact. Konstantinos Mavropanos scoring that second crucial goal for West Ham in the second half against his former club. And just not a night for Declan Rice to remember um, even gave away a penalty at the end that David Raya, of course, saved to stop Arsenal losing 3-0 at home to West Ham. Um, and just a night where a lot of Arsenal players had an off night in terms of their final end product. I mean, the game itself, it was such an odd game. I mean, you look at it, the stats here from Scott Willis over at canonstats.com, the link to Scott's website is down below in the description. Please do check it out. It's a fantastic site, provides so much great stats and analysis and data after every game, Arsenal game, please do go and check it out. Like I said, the link's down below in the description. I mean, you look at the stats, it was it was just such an odd game. In so many ways, it was an excellent performance from Arsenal. You sort of compare this game last night and how it panned out to the to the Brighton game, which, you know, I said afterwards was one of Arsenal's best performances under Mikel Arteta. Complete control, 
comfortable 2-0 win. Um, probably, you know, should have scored more, but just against a really top Premier League side like Brighton, who we saw what they did to Tottenham last night. It was an excellent performance. But there wasn't too much difference from what Arsenal did against Brighton to what they did last night against West Ham. The, just the big difference is they didn't put the ball in the net. And at the other end, basically the only two times that West Ham ventured forward, apart from the penalty at the end, of course, they scored. You know, one, an amazing header from Mavropanos in the only spot possible that you could score that goal. And another, a, a, you know, defensive howler, basically. You know, one of those sort of comedy goals, comedy of error goals, which Arsenal, you kind of think that harks back to eras of past, you know, of a Mustafi type era where, you know, balls are deflecting off each other and this suddenly ends up in the net of a West Ham player. Yes, there's controversy and we'll talk about that. But, you know, aside from that, you look at West Ham's XG, you know, 1.6, yes, and that includes a penalty, of course. Um, you look at Arsenal, 2.5, you had 30 shots in the game. West Ham had six and 74% possession passes, 781. The field tilt was absolutely unbelievable. I think I've got it here. The field tilt stats, of the game in terms of Arsenal's just dominance in the um, in the final third. The whole game basically played in West Ham's final third, 30 shots. And there were some big, big chances for Arsenal, but they didn't take them. And that was the big issue. And the, the problem is with it is it's not just a big issue that comes from yesterday's game. It's something that's been going on, well, basically all season really, but certainly in recent performances, when you look at Villa away, Liverpool away, West Ham now at home, you know, Arsenal have only got four points for their last possible 12 in the Premier League. And they should have got a lot more from those games by the way they played in their matches. You know, should have won a Villa, didn't because they missed big chances. They didn't take advantage of the positions they're in in the final third. Exactly the same. You know, on nine times out of 10, the way that game play, played out yesterday, Arsenal win that game comfortably and everyone says that's a really good performance, dominant, just like everyone did against Brighton. But it didn't happen that way because the big chances were missed and West Ham, I, I want to say were clinical. They certainly were in the case of Mavropanos' goal, but you know the first goal was basically handed to him on a plate by Arsenal and it was a mix-up. And, that, and that's the issue. When you're not scoring... You're not taking advantage of your chances. You always leave yourself open to what happened last night and to what happened at Villa Park. And that is just a big, big problem for Mikel Arteta at the moment because this is something that's been going on all season. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Arsenal's forward line. You know, I spoke about Martinelli yesterday. I really, really do like Gabriel Jesus. But at the moment, they're all underperforming. And I add Bakaya Saka into that as well. I thought Saka was OK yesterday, last night. But he's still not the Saka we've we come to know and expect. Who's causing teams so many problems? Who's you know running in his defenders, pulling them out of position? They're all misfiring at the moment, and the fact you can kind of have one of those have misfiring at one time, but when they all do it at the same time, then there's a big problem because you're not going to be scoring goals, and that's what Arsenal are facing right now. I mean, we'll get to what Mikel Arteta had to say in a little bit. Obviously, the first goal was a really big goal because Arsenal started the game well. I thought Arsenal did start the game very well. The first 10 minutes, I was looking at thinking they're going to score here. They're going to score pretty early on and and that was going to be crucial. The first goal was always going to be crucial. It is in pretty much every Premier League game. But instead, it was West Ham who broke down the pitch. It was some nice play down the left-hand side. But when the ball came in, it should have been cleared. Gabriel got it wrong. Um there was a few players, you know, I think it was, it might have been Declan Rice was kind of ball watching a little bit when the ball came in. and But the big thing was, did it go out of play? When the deflection, when I think it was Gabriel sort of cleared it into Zinchenko and then it bounced back, looked like it was going behind for a corner. And then Jared Bowen got to his foot. Now, obviously, it's quite a small image on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube, but you would have seen it. You would have seen it last night. 
over and over again, freeze frame by freeze frame. Did the ball go out of play? Ultimately, the on-field decision was goal and the VAR checked it and there was no conclusive evidence to say that it didn't. Personally, I do think you have to give this as a goal. I think it probably went out, but you just cannot see for certain. It looks like it has just gone out, but I can't sit there at 100% say conclusively that's gone out of play. Because of the position of the camera, because of Bowen's thigh, basically, where it is, it looks out. It does just about look out. But again, I keep having to say it's probably out. And if you're saying it's probably out and the goal's been given on the pitch, I don't think you can rule it out. So I'm not going to sit here now and bash VAR for this and bash the officials for this. I think ultimately they had to give that goal. When I saw the replays in real time and I was watching it, I was thinking this they've got to give this. They're going to have to give it because there's no way you can say for absolute certainty that that ball is out of play. And Mikel was asked about it yesterday. He didn't really make too big of a deal about it. He said, look, I haven't seen it. The only thing they're saying is it's not conclusive images that they have. It's just a shame that with the technology that we have, that it's not clear, that we can say, yes, it was in or out. It's done. It's nothing. Nothing we can do about it now. And look, the, the technology needs to get better. If we have an instance like this, if we've now got cameras all around the ground doing the whole VAR thing, they need to find a way of making sure they can tell if a ball's gone in or out of play because this is the second time it's happened to Arsenal this season. On both occasions, you can say it's probably out of play, but you don't know for certain. And when there's this much on the line, when there's this much money being put put into the league for various things, and you've got this amount of technology in play for games, you need to be able to see a really key area of a match when goals are going in because of it is is the ball out of play or not. And until they bring in that technology that allows it, then you're going to get incidents like this happening. And I look at what happened yesterday and I look at this goal and think this was far more down to just poor defending from Arsenal. Yes, it might have gone out of play, but we don't know for sure. But one thing we do know for sure is Arsenal should have defended that incident better and they shouldn't have allowed West Ham to score the goal that they did. And when they went 1-0 behind, it was always going to be a struggle. This is a good West Ham side. They've had some really good results this season. They've been flying for a couple of years now, a couple of seasons now. You know, they're no mugs, this West Ham side. Uh, you know, they've gone and won at Tottenham the other day. They beat Man United deservedly the other day as well. Um, and they're up to sixth in the Premier League now. And if you give them a lead to protect, this is a David Moy side, of course, they're going to really, really try and defend that lead. And so it was a really crucial moment in the game when Arsenal had started well, then suddenly they're trailing. And it was a case of what can Arsenal do now? Can they get themselves back in the game? They did have chances in the first half to do that. Bakaya Saka with the header that was well saved. He then hit the post and the ball with that shot, which he should have done, but he should have scored probably. There was a, there was the angle at the near post to squeeze that in. He didn't. He hit the post and then came out, hit Odegaard and went wide. It could have gone anywhere. There was other chances in the first half. And they just couldn't take advantage of that. And I was still fairly confident at halftime that Arsenal were going to turn it around. I wasn't overly worried because of the way the game was playing, playing out, because of the domination Arsenal had, because of the areas they were getting in. I thought that just law of averages that they would take a chance and they would score a goal. But of course, that didn't happen in the way the second half panned out. It didn't help. Obviously, Mavropanos scored after 10 minutes. Basically, West Ham's first attack in the second half. They got themselves a corner, came in. Again, you can look at it say it should have been defended better. I think Zinchenko was the blocker and he, Mavropanos escaped his block and then he won. I think he beat Gabriel to the ball in the air. But it was a brilliant header. It was one of those, he'll try that He'll try that 10 times and he'll score it once. And last night was the moment that he scored it once. Hit the underside of the bar, hit the inside of the post and went in over the player on the line, you know. So it, it was perfect. It was perfect. It was the only place he could have headed it and scored. And he did. It was a fantastic header. Uh, so fair play to him. And 2-0 then. And suddenly, you know, you're looking back to last season. You're hoping for a Bournemouth miracle. Um, 
And there was time for Arsenal to come back into it. And they had some big chances. Gabriel Jesus, two in a row in the space of a couple of minutes. That One of those had to go in, basically. That would have given Arsenal 25 minutes to try and claw it back, having got themselves um, the lead back to 2-1. Then the first header from Saka's pass, it was a lovely crossing from Saka. You know, he heads it down, which you're always told to do, but he put it straight at goalkeeper. Anywhere else, that's a goal. But the next one, the big one from Ben White, pretty much the only time Ben White got himself on the overlap during the game. I just want to see that happening more and more, the overlap, like we saw last season. It's not doing it enough. And I don't know why that is. It must be it must be tactical or something. But I don't I just Arsenal look better when Ben White overlaps because Saka they just do. And he got in, he chipped that ball to the back post. And look, Gabriel Jesus has got to score that. There's no doubt about it. He's got to score. It was a really big opportunity. Put it over. And I think you could see by Mikel Arteta's reaction on the touchline and everyone else, they knew that had to go in. And when it didn't go in was case case of the game just sort of petering out and Arsenal had so many shots. I think after I saw something, I can't remember if this is absolutely right, but after Mavropanos' goal, Arsenal had something like 18 shots in that 35-minute period from then until the end of the game. And they didn't score once. And they tested the keeper plenty of times. It was always a bit too close to him. The big chances were the Jesus chances, of course. And they didn't take advantage. And that was it. 2-0, game over. Could have been worse had Raya not made that save from the penalty right at the end. Mikel talking about it. He said, look, congratulate West Ham players. That's all I can say. This is football. You look at what we've done in the game, how much we've generated in the game, and you see the result is very disappointing. But they were better than us in both boxes. They had two shots with the penalty, three. We had 30. I don't know how many touches in the box, how many situations, how many open goals to score, and we haven't. In football, you have to do better if you want to win. Today, we haven't won because of that. And for the rest, the team kept trying had an incredible attitude again on the missing chances. He says it is what it is. We have to try to generate. If we don't score goals in 30 shots, we have to do 50 or 60 to try and score. It's the only thing. I cannot imagine a game that you have more dominance, more touches in the box, less situations of the opponents against a really good West Ham side. But today it wasn't enough. Look, he was right. They were West Ham were better in both boxes. They took their opportunities at one end. Arsenal didn't. And at the other end, West Ham defended their box very, very well. They threw themselves in front. They made loads of blocks as they create they they shut Arsenal down, but Arsenal still ultimately had 30 shots on goal. When you do that, you've got to be scoring. And they didn't. And Arsenal, it was just one of those nights. But the, the worry is, of course, that I've said that a few times recently. You know, one of those nights. Aston Villa was one of those nights. Um, and you can't keep saying things like that without it becoming... If it's not a one-off, then it's a worry. And at the moment, it's not a one-off. And you look at it and you think, how are Arsenal going to start scoring enough goals to turn this dominance that they're having into comfortable three-point wins. And that is a key, key thing for me. Um, on the need to make signings in January, of course, this was talked about in the press conference afterwards, you know, talking about the misses, the missed opportunities. You know, what can Arsenal do? Can they do anything? He said, look, what we have is the players we have. It's the players that I love the most. What we have to try and do is get better situations and more training, put them there and raise their confidence. And that's it because they have done it. Players lacking confidence in front of goal. He said, I don't think that's it. You hit the post or you hit the ball and it's half a centimetre. And you have, I don't know how many shots or someone blocks the shots and it doesn't come in. We miss a lot of situations when we have to pick the right pass. There are two players free in the box and I can recall five, six actions of that. And that's what makes the difference to win games. Now, he's not going to throw his forwards under the bus at the moment at all. Of course, he's not. He's not going to sit there and say they are out of confidence. Well, I am going to sign strikers because we can't keep going like this. But he must be deeply concerned, I would say, by um, some of the form. It's just the fact that, as I said earlier, everyone's out of form at the same time. Jesus, out of form. Gabriel Martinelli, horribly out of form. Leandro Trossard, 
not at his best. I don't like Trossard in the left eight role. I have to say that's where he started yesterday. I'd much prefer seeing Trossard as the as the false nine. And when he plays there, he scores goals. Don't like him in the left eight role. Just don't think that suits his game very well. But even, he, you know, he's struggling. Saka, as I said, is struggling at the moment. You know, Arsenal's top scorers this season in the league are Saka and Nketi with five goals. We're nearly in January. That's not good enough. You know, they can do it. As Mikel said, they can do it. We saw them last season. Martinelli got 15 or 16, whatever it was in the Premier League. Saka nearly the same. You know, Jesus scored double figures, even though he missed a few a few months with injury last season. So they can score goals, but it's just at the moment they're not doing it. And that is a, you know, that's a problem. If you're going to win the league this season, you need someone to score more than that. Yes, Arsenal are a team that share goals around, but you've got to share goals around scoring you know, three or four players into double figures like you did last year with, as I said, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, but it's not happening. And um, if that continues to not happen, you know, Arsenal's chances of winning this league are going to certainly diminish as the weeks go by. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, player, player ratings-wise, as many of you called for, for me to put the ratings on the actual um, jerseys now, if you're watching this on YouTube, to make it easier for you to see, I have done that. So I hope this does uh, it does make things better. So I've got my David Raya. I thought Raya had a good game. Look, yeah, couldn't do nothing with either goal. Made a very good penalty save uh, late on. Everything he did in terms of coming for the ball, is everything he did with his feet, claiming crosses, he was good. You know, it was a good performance for Raya. Gave him a 7 out of 10. White. Was I gave a six. As I said, I'd like to see White get on the overlap more. It's such a key part of Arsenal's game. It was last season. It caused teams so many problems. When he did it yesterday, he set up the chance for Jesus. When we saw it against Luton the other day, he set up the goal for Jesus. You just want to see it more and more from Ben White. And I'm not sure why it's not happening as much as uh, we all want to see. But I thought, you know, on the whole, it was a decent performance. And White gave him a six. Libra gave a seven. You know, everything he did, he did very, very well. They were relatively untroubled, the Arsenal defenders last night. West Ham barely got over the halfway line at times. When they did, I thought Arsenal defended well. Saliba especially, you know, always looks a class apart, even in a defeat. Gave him a seven. Gabriel gave a six. He'll be disappointed with his part in the goal. Zinchenko, another disappointing night for Zinchenko. Gave the ball away a lot. His passing, which is such a key part of his game, is just off at the moment. He's another player who's really struggling for form and confidence. Gave him a four. Declan Rice, not the performance he wanted against his former team. Um, gave away the penalty late on. It was because he slipped, but he gave away the penalty late on. And um, just not one of his, the sort of games we've seen from him late where he really drove the team forward and made an impact in the final third, gave him a five. As I said, Trossard in the left eight, I don't like. I just, you know, there's been a few opportunities, a few games where Mikel has used him there now. And I'm just not sure. I just don't think it's his position. I thought when Smith-Rowe came on immediately in that position, he looked better. 
than Trossard. And that's why I wanted Smith Rowe to start yesterday. Um, you know, I think Trossard's a fantastic player, but I, I want to see him playing in the central areas in and around the penalty area a lot more than playing deeper in that left eight role. So I thought he had a really disappointing night and his set-piece deliveries kind of summed up his performance. I gave Trossard a three. Odegaard was Arsenal's standout player by distance. Some of the stuff Odegaard did yesterday was brilliant. He deserved far more. How he didn't end that game with an assist, at least one assist, I have no idea. He was the one player who was looking like he was going to, you know, he could do something out of nothing. Um, but unfortunately, none of the other forwards were playing on his level last night. So I gave Odegaard a seven. He was my man of the match. Uh, Saka, I gave a five. The best of the front three, but still not great. Should have had an assist with a lovely ball for Jesus. Jesus headed over. And Jesus and Martinelli, just give them both a three. They're just a really disappointing night for both of them. And ultimately, that's why Arsenal ended up losing the game because their key players in the attacking third underperformed. And it wasn't just one of them. It was three or four of them. And that was, you know, if if two of those had played well last night and had been on the game, Arsenal win that match. But it didn't happen. So those are my player ratings. Smith Rowe, Reese Nelson and Ketia came on, but they didn't really make too much of an impact. I thought of the three that Smith Rowe was by far the brightest. Probably should have come on far earlier than he did, to be honest. Um and yeah, that was a shame. And I thought also when you're looking at when you're two 0 down and you're throwing on Inketia and Nelson, you know Nelson, who you clearly don't really trust to play in the Premier League. I think that says a lot about Arsenal's squad depth at the moment. Yes, they're missing players. They were missing Kyle Havertz last night, which I think was a big, big miss. Um, but yeah, I think the squad depth is certainly an issue that needs to be resolved in terms of going forward. But we shall see. So that's what the Premier League table looks like now after last night's game, Liverpool. Good, good week for them in the end um, with their win at Burnley and Arsenal dropping points, Villa dropping points as well. Manchester City now got the chance to go back above Arsenal when they win their game in hand. So they've had a good uh, week as well with their win against Everton and uh, Arsenal two points off league leaders Liverpool. So missing the chance to go back to the top of the table last night. Well, I've pulled together a few of your comments. You've all come back, as I said yesterday, quite a lot. You logged back on after the game last night and left a few of your Comments. I'll go through a few of these before rounding off today's show. Ronnie, uh, first of all, says the big, big problem I've said many times about our front three is they're simply too easy to mark. Saka stays on the right, Martinelli on the left. It's easy to show them inside and double up. Why at some point during the game don't you allow them to interchange defenders and alternative threat? As much as I love Jesus, there's a reason City let him go. Not prolific enough. Um, saying that it's the same reason they let Zinchenko go as well. Lastly, I may come across negatively, but it's more realistically, I'm that we're still behind Man City squad-wise to really challenge for the top honours. I am Waddle says, however much like Trossard and his two-footedness reminds me of Santi. I think starting in the left eight really hasn't given us the desired road. Smith-Rowe's cameo is too short, too late, but his flashes of brilliance and late run into the penalty box for Odegaard's cross make you wonder what could have happened had he had more time to influence the game. Trossard's a goal threat, but two seasons ago, Emil was among our top scorers too. Can't help but think it was a mistake from Mikel's squad management. Yep, so look, I absolutely agree. Look, Ronnie, I think we're definitely behind Manchester City in terms of squad-wise. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think we all know that. I think Arsenal have squad when everyone's fit and healthy is good. And I think they do have options to come off the bench and change the game. But at the moment, with so many players missing, with Havertz suspended, there was just nowhere really to change the game. People were asking me, how could you have changed that last night? But I kind of look at it and think there really wasn't much you could have done. Maybe you could have moved, I don't know, Martinelli into the striking role and played Jesus out wide because things wasn't working for either of those two, really. Maybe it would have helped. We know Jesus can be a real threat when he plays out wide. Maybe you could have brought Smith-Rowe on earlier. I think you probably should have brought Smith-Rowe on earlier. But there was no real way of changing how Arsenal played because you didn't have a Havertz, for example, 
who you throw on at nil-nil against Brentford away the other day, and he can come on and provide you a different sort of aerial threat. You can get balls into the back post and he's there to score the winner like he did. He didn't have that option. So I'm not too sure what Arsenal could have done to really change the way change the way of thinking. Uh, right, aside from what you're saying, maybe switch the wingers up a little bit more. Um, I agree with you. I I am waddle that um about the whole Trossard thing. I just don't I don't like him in that left eight role at all. I love him when he's much more in and around the penalty area when he can score goals where he's more of a goal threat. Um, and we've seen him when he's been playing in that false nine role. He can you know he's done it recently. He scored goals there. So. I think Smith Rowe should have played. I wanted to see him start. He didn't. And I think he probably should have come on earlier. And I thought his cameo showed that he could have made an impact. Tristan says, uh, after the uh, question for after the game, what would you have changed after West Ham defended so deep? We seem to only have one idea on each wing and too many bodies to blast through the middle. As I said, I'm not sure what Arsenal could really have done differently because of the options that they had on the bench. You know, maybe... You know, and it sounds ridiculous for a team as good as Arsenal, but maybe with the 15 minutes to go, you could have just slung Gabriel up as a central striker or something like that just to get a bit of extra height in the box and get some balls into the box to try and change things up. With Havertz not there, you didn't have that option. And um, But I, can't, I never really seen... I'm not... Mikel Arteta is not really the type of manager to suddenly go to one of the centre-backs. You go and play up front for the last 15 minutes. It's a bit old school, if you see what I mean. Um, but there just wasn't... The options Arsenal had didn't allow them to really change things up too much. Um, and says, I don't think we learned anything new with tonight's loss. Clinical finishing is our weakness. Got to get it out of our system and react in the moment. That said, West Ham defence was solid. Ivan Tony is not the answer either. Uh, Marcus said, my thoughts after the game. No one apart from Odegaard wanted it today. Martin Eddie was pausing. He doesn't help him with his defensive liability. We need a clinical striker. Arteta made the wrong substitutions. Smith Rowe should have come on earlier. Saka not clinical enough, but fought bravely as every offence came from the right. I think Saka was definitely the best of the front three, uh, but he wasn't at his best. Um, I think what you're saying there, Anne, about got to get out of system and react in the right moment is obviously crucial. Arsenal can't let this affect them. They've got a lot better under Arteta of bouncing back after a disappointing result and sort of getting back on it quickly. They need to do that this weekend when they play Fulham um, at Craven Cottage. They've got to go there and win and just get this one out of their system. Because it won't take much to turn this team around and to take this to turn this little run rut of form around. You know, I think you know Jesus gets himself a couple of goals. Martinelli especially gets himself a goal, and suddenly these players will start scoring again. I'm absolutely sure of it. You know, they're not bad players with at all. They're not bad forwards. They're just all out of form at the wrong time. And because Arsenal don't have too many other options, it's hard to you know, give them a rest. Some players, you know, if Manchester City, if, you know, Foden's not playing well, Grealish will come in. If, um, you know, Grealish is struggling, suddenly you, you bring in Bernardo Silva or, you know, they've got so many different options to change things up with Alvarez, Haaland when he comes back, you know, De Bruyne's on his way back. There's so many different options. The, uh, the Belgian winger, who I've totally forgotten his name at this moment, you can just change all those things around. Arsenal can't do that at the moment. And I don't think what we're going to see in this in the transfer window is going to change that. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Arsenal do things that do surprise me in a transfer window and they will give Mikel Arteta more options in an attacking sense. But I'm just not sure they've got the financial leeway at the moment to be able to really do that and to improve their squad the way that we want them all to improve their squad at the moment. Um, Vet Paris says, tough one to take. Our squad is at a point where we have maybe 15 core players that Arteta always starts. Last night's starting 11 plus Tommy Havertz and Ketia Jorginho. One always wants to, him to rotate, but the EPL hardly gives you the chance to do that. Given the workload and the quality of the league, these results can and will unfortunately happen. Need party ESR and Vieira to stay fit, indeed. 
Um, big clubs don't wait for people. He says they need to be ruthless and get rid of them if they're not fit. Indeed. But again, I think I'm not sure Arsenal have got the financial leeway to be able to do that in January. It'd be more for the summer. Um, and Damien finally says, hi, Charles, do you think the reason our attack is struggling at the moment is part due to us being so predictable? We seem to be completely unable to do anything new and give the opposition something to think about. Maybe so. But look, Arsenal still created opportunities yesterday. Plenty of big enough opportunities. They did against Aston Villa as well. The reason they didn't score against Aston Villa and last night was they were too predictable. It was because they didn't take their chances. They created plenty of chances. You're not going to have many Premier League games where you have a team ending up with an XG of 2.6 like Arsenal did yesterday. Um, and the same goes for Aston Villa away from home. you just got to be better in those positions that you do. You know, Arsenal should have won the Aston Villa and they should have won last night, but they didn't. And it wasn't because they were too predictable. It was because they didn't take their chances. It was that simple, really. And that's what they've got to improve. And that's what I'm pretty sure that Mikel Arteta will be drilling into his players at London Colney over the next couple of days ahead of the game against Fulham. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, I do appreciate it, whether you've been watching or listening to this around the world. I'll be back tomorrow where we really will start to gear ahead looking at that match at Craven Cottage on New Year's. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Until then, everyone, don't be too disappointed today. I'll speak to you very, very soon.